The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Today we're going to, actually I'm going to, I'm not really going to jump into Genesis 41 and Joseph. I want to, yesterday we started, we spent just a couple thoughts on the idea of discovering God's will for our life. And as I evaluate, I mentioned that uh, the thoughts that I'd given were relatively introductory. And while uh, a true deep study of God's will, and God's because God's will moves into God's will for making decisions and God's will for um, God's calling to the ministry, there's, there's different aspects to it. And so um, I'm not going to go into a lot of the bigger uh, details because you literally could turn this into a week-long session. Unless God leads, I might continue to do that. But today, God's really laid upon my heart uh, to continue and give you a few more thoughts in the area of being in the center of God's will. The first one, I hope you understand. I, I hope you listen to this very important principle of being in the center of God's will. There's some principles that I think are absolutely necessary. Number one, there is no better place to be than in the center of God's will. God's will does not mean that everybody's going to be a preacher. Please don't get me wrong. I think that I love my job. You know, every, every job has its good days and bad days, has its battles. Uh, yeah, Satan is really alive in this field, but then so is God. You get to see so many things that I get to do what I get to do and get paid for. There is no greater life. I'm living the dream. Um, I, and I've been blessed. And so I would say, if you really want to serve and you, you may just may commit, the ministry is a great place if God calls you. Because if God doesn't call you, it's not a great place. If God calls you, there's no other place you'd rather be in the good days and the bad. And that is so true. So, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's going to have to go to Bible college, be a preacher, be a missionary. Those are great things, and I know God's calling people, and I think in most occasions, God's calling, we're just saying no. But I will say that even though that's not true, uh, that everybody's called to do this, everybody has some kind of plan that God has for them. Uh, I'm talking God's will, who you're going to marry, where you're going to, where you should work, um, the most effective way to make money and use it for his honor and glory, and then he usually blesses you with more, uh, the most effective way to serve in ministry, things of that nature. And so it doesn't necessarily always have to be. Sometimes we get this idea that to serve, in, to, to be in the center of God's will means I need to be in, in full-time ministry, and that's, that's not true at all. So I hope we understand that. It, there is no greater place than to be in the center of God's will. You're in the center of God's will if you're married to the right person and you're walking with God and you're in church. There's a certain church God wants you in. There's a certain ministry God wants you serving in. There's a certain activity God wants you part of. This is all very true. So we gave a couple thoughts yesterday, and I'm not going to repeat them for time, but if for some reason uh, you missed yesterday's and you say, I'd like to get a couple of thoughts, go back. It's uh, from uh, Tuesday, February 9th. And uh, I think it was episode 24, if I'm not mistaken. I encourage you to go back and listen to those. Some great introductory thoughts. Here's a, I have four more thoughts that I want to give to you. Again, these are generic. You can really start getting down into deeper when you say, okay, uh, I need to make a decision. I need to make a decision in college. I need to make a decision in marriage and my finances and work and things of that nature. And so when discovering God's will, you break down even deeper. And maybe tomorrow, God willing, uh, maybe tomorrow I'll take some time and break down into making decisions. Uh, as obviously God's placed it in my heart twice in talking about this. And so let's go back and look at these four thoughts. If you want to be in the center of God's will, now it's a conditional thing. 
Uh, you don't have to be in the center of God's will. There's no greater place to be. There's no more fulfillment. There's no greater joy. Please don't think that you're going to be poor and miserable and things like that. As a matter of fact, in most occasions, you get the best of everything. And when I say in most occasions, uh, my field generally limits how much income an average pastor can get. It's just not a, it's not a field created. Same thing with military. Very rarely do military men become wealthy while, women become wealthy while in military. Every field has its, its caps. Um, so in some situations, yeah, missionaries, they get just enough to be able to make it happen. Their, their fulfillment's different. Uh, but I'm, I'm not saying, I'm saying that wherever you are, wherever God's will is for you, is, it's awesome. And I hope you consider that. So let's, four thoughts real quick as we go through this. Number one, if you want to be in the center of God's will, you must have the right desire. Really, you must have a proper dedication. Uh, being in the center of God's will is something that Satan will fight. Satan doesn't want you there because in the center of God's will is where your marriage is going to be strongest, where your home is going to be happiest, where you are going to be most fulfilled in every part of your life. You're going to have the greatest victory over sin, and Satan doesn't want that. He wants your marriage to fall apart. He wants you to be miserable. He wants your home to, instead of being a haven, a place where you can come rest, he wants it to be a place of chaos. Um, He wants you to be miserable. And so when you're in the center of God's will, Satan is going to, as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour, and then he's going to take the steps to devour. It's all very true, and so I hope we understand that. I hope we understand that this is not always the easiest path. Please don't get me wrong. Out of God's will is even more complicated, but this idea that in the center of God's will everything will be a bed of roses is not accurate. There must be a desire. Actually, in Luke 9, uh, Jesus is surrounded by hundreds of disciples. All these people following him, most of it for his popularity and his miracles and, and what they think is going to be a political revolution. He's going to throw off Rome. And, and so he turns around to these hundreds, if not thousands of followers, and he quotes this in verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 23. He said unto them all, if any man, if, if is the key, is a desire, if you will actually f- come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. He says, if you want to, there's three things you have to do. There must be a denial. You must deny yourself of what you think. Yesterday we talked about being a servant. You know your place. I am in God, God's servant. And when I deny that, I actually get back even more than I could ever give up. I know that to be true. I've seen it myself. Um, I must deny myself, take up my cross. So there's a, there's a display. There's things in my life that I will do that will clearly state that I am a follower of Jesus. And then I must follow him. I must go the right direction. These things limit what I would do, and they set specifics on what Jesus wants me to do. And that is something I think we have to understand. You can't just randomly do this. You must desire to be in the center of God's will. But let me tell you what that means. That means you desire to have a strong marriage, and you desire to have a great home, and you desire to be invested in the lives of other people and invested in his kingdom, invested in his church for, the, for, for work for eternity. If you do that, then you, you have the opportunity. Then, then what we talked about yesterday, being a servant, things like that, it's easy. It, it's, it's joy to do those things. If you, it, it, because here's the problem. Too many people today kind of quit the moment it becomes easy. The moment it becomes not easy. The moment it's a little complicated, we just walk away. People are walking out of marriage, they walk away from home, they walk away from commitment. Men are just getting up and walking out of their out of their homes, quitting jobs because they don't like the way the boss looked at me or said this. And whatever happened to stamina and character and work ethic, where we say, I'm just gonna stick with it. Well, if you want God to bless you, he, he's, not, he's not like your average boss. Get out, no big deal. No, he, listen, he'll bring you back at any point, but if you're, if you're not going to be dedicated, and you're, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to miss out. God says, I will give you grace and I will give you everything, but there must be a desire. Number two, there must be a proper perception 
of what is the will of God. And really, when you look at it, it, it one, honestly, it's really more, we must understand that the will of God is more important than material fulfillment. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The perception is seeking first the kingdom of God, and then seeking his righteousness. Now, we look at the phrase, all these things shall be added, and we wonder, what is that? If you read the context of the verse, he's telling, the, he's telling his followers, Jesus is speaking, saying, listen, don't be like, the, at that time we talked Gentiles, the world, the people who want nothing to do with God. They seek after material things. They think, seek after wealth. They seek after all the things the world can offer. And he says, and that's, that, that's their fulfillment. And, and all of us know that while there is enjoyment in some of it, there's no real fulfillment in all of it. And he says, listen, if you want true fulfillment, don't get the mindset of the world, because here's what happens. That's all they seek after. When they get it, they recognize how empty it is, and it just makes it harder. But when you come in the center of God's will and you seek him first, these things that he tells you not to seek after, he's going to give to you. A friend of mine yesterday mentioned something to me. It's a powerful truth. He was teaching to a Bible class. He says, all these things, these material things, you're seeking him first and these things will come. You're getting the redeemed version of these things. The world looks at them and they look at um, all the other things that we could potentially get it and they view it from a unredeemed to a say human filth point of view where when we get it from Jesus, we get the redeemed, we get the, the beautiful aspect of it. We get the way God designed it to be, not the world, not the way the world's perverted it to be. So not only do we seek Him first, do we gain all those things that we think we've given up, we get the better version of them. Oh, what a wonderful, powerful truth that when you seek Him first, the perception, the, the perception of some is, if I do the center of God's will, I'm going to be poor, miserable, and I'm going to be in church 24-7. And none of that could be further from the truth. I know people in my life that I know that are in the center of God's will, that have great money, beautiful homes, and enjoy, enjoy a great balanced life. That is how God designed it to be. Now, as we get given, we give back to God what He's given us. But please understand, the right perception, because here's what happens. When we see things happening, Satan's going to start throwing things in our mind. This is God holding back, and this is God being mean. We've been studying Joseph. So many times, Satan could have convinced Joseph that he was being punished by God. But in the entire time, Joseph kept his mind focused on God. That's what he's encouraging us to do, right? Also, the right perception comes from Hebrews, where he says, um, uh, what was he um, looking unto Jesus? I'm sorry about that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We keep our eyes focused upon Him. So we must have a desire. We must have the right perception. We must be doing. We must be active. Um, think about this. God calls serving obedient people. If you're if you're not right with God, you're not living a, a marriage where you're supposed. To. You're not being a, the husband you're supposed to be. The wife is supposed to be. The child you're supposed to be. And you know this. You know this. And you go in the wrong direction. You can't be in the center of God's will. You can't be in the center of God's will when you're not right with Him. It's just not possible. You say, well, God's not punishing me. God never said He's going to punish you for not being in the center of God's will. You say, well, my, my, my family's doing well and we're not falling apart. God never said that would happen. You're missing out on blessing. You may still have it, okay, but you're missing out on the greatest you could have. We in American Christianity have gotten so content with mediocrity. I believe that with all my heart, spiritual mediocrity has become the pinnacle of the average Christian life. 
We're missing out on really what God wants us to do to, to change people's lives for eternity, to be involved and invested and, and to use what we have for good for God. We are just content with not falling apart. That's really where Christianity's come in America. Well, we're not falling apart. Yeah, my marriage could be better, but we're not divorced. That's, that's kind of where we're at. And we have the pinnacle of American Christianity has become mediocrity. And boy, you don't want that. You want to be right where God is doing the most. God's gifts, God gifts things to people who use their gifts. Um, remember in Matthew 25, where God's talking about the parable of the talents. He says this, And so he that had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. I have gained them five besides. Verse 21, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good, thou good and faithful servant. I, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many, and to thou into the joy of thy Lord. Referencing the judgment seat of Christ, that what we've been given, we double. But God says, listen, if you're faithful in using your gifts, I'll give you more. I'll give you more gifts, more opportunities. I will give it to those who are involved with what's going on. So you want to you, you wanna be desirous, you have the right perception, then find a place to serve. Get going. First of all, get right with God. Be the husband or wife or child that God's asked you to be. Be in your Bible. Be in prayer. We talked about that yesterday. Do the things you know you should do. Then get serving. Use the gift you have. And then the last one is you must be trusting. Now, this one it seems a bit uh, rhetorical. We, all of this should be trusting. Please remember, as we've studied Joseph, one of the things you're going to know as we've studied him is that if there's anything you can see over all the years that Joseph went from the pit to Potiphar's house to prison to the palace, he had to trust that that dream he was given so many years earlier was going to be fulfilled, even though as far as we know, according to what's in Scripture, he was never reminded. God never came back and said, listen, don't forget the dream. He held to it. He trusted that if God gave him a dream, God's got a plan. And for all these years of what we know to what we believe to be, God's silence, all of these seem to be negative things and nothing but God's silence, he stayed faithful. No different than Noah. Build an ark and then all these years of silence in these times. That's exactly where trusting comes. That we, that's why we need to recognize the voice of God, be in the Word of God. So that way when we are convinced that God has sent us in the right direction, we stay strong because this is where God sent us. And there's going to be times you wonder, was it me? Was it my opinion? Was it this? Was it that? And that's why trusting. Remember it says, trust in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Lean not into your emotions. Lean not unto the good days and bad days. Lean not unto what other people are telling you. Trust in Him and let Him guide. There's going to be days where, man, it looks like God's doing so much and days look like God's not doing anything. God's always doing something. We just need to be faithful in the midst of that. I hope these four are a little more helpful, uh, clearing up a little more. Uh, if God willing, if he continues to give direction tomorrow, I, do, I will take a little bit of time to talk about the idea of uh, making decisions. How do we make decisions in the center of God's will? Because honestly, that's one of the greater things um, that we're going to have to do. When being in the center of God's will, it follows decisions, every decision we make. Uh, let me give you one more thought that I, I should have written down in here and didn't, and God just laid upon my heart. I think it's important. Please remember that in the center of God's will, there are always seasons. We learn that from Ecclesiastes. Time to be born, a time to die, all these different things. It's a powerful verse. It's an important thing to reminder. Important thing to remember, excuse me, that there are different seasons even in the center of God's will. Don't sit back and think, if I'm in the center of God's will, life's always going to be a party. There's battles in the center of God's will, just like there is when you're not in God's will. 
And may we recognize that, do everything we can to stay strong, even in the seasons. That's why it's important to trust and to stay close to Him. We love you. Thank you so much for taking time to join us. I hope you join us tonight, either on property in the auditorium or uh, join us online at 7 o'clock. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time.